Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today. And if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. How are y'all doing tonight? I'm doing very well. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Um, I am excited. I'm excited about what God is doing and how God is moving, how he's brewing. But I want to go ahead and just give a shout out to everybody who came tonight. I really appreciate you guys coming tonight, trusting in Alive enough to give up your Thursday afternoon to come join us. For real, I don't take that lightly. I just want to say I appreciate you guys coming out, all of you. Secondly, I want to go ahead and let you know that we are a ministry of not just Holy Spirit visitation, but Holy Spirit habitation. So what, what does that mean? That means that we don't want to hit, sit here and hit you with all kinds of good God talk and like talk about God. We want to talk about God and have you experience God. We want to talk about God and have you encounter God. So we want to make sure we're in worship, in the word, in whatever ministry we do. We want to make sure that they, the encounter is authentic and is real. And that's what we're pressing in. We're a ministry of not just Holy Spirit visitation. Come visit us and leave, but no Holy Spirit habitation. We want you to stay. We want you to have your way. That, that makes sense? Am I too loud? Am I? Okay, good, good. Today, I want to talk a little bit about some, um, some things I felt like the Lord, Holy Spirit, impressed upon my heart, uh, you know, because there's, some, there's a lot that we, uh, I believe, covered last semester. Um, I'm glad we all are back from the break. You guys are stepping into the second semester like a boss. Let's go give it up for yourself. Coming back to campus, give it up. But it's been a, it's been a little while. Now we're about to get it in. And I, I felt like Holy Spirit said, hey, Clay, I want, you to, I want you to scale it back a little bit. I want you to go back to the basics and talk about identity. So I want you to talk about identity in terms of individually, identity in terms of who we are collectively. So therefore, Holy Spirit told me, I want you to talk about who we are, who we are, not only as a ministry, but as sons and daughters. So we're going to talk about that tonight, and so we're going to pray and get it in. So Holy Spirit, <laughs> come, do your thing, Lord. I pray that You surprise us. You wow us with your glory, Lord. I pray that every young man and woman here today, Lord God, can not only sense your presence and encounter you, but Father, I pray that there be a breakthrough. I pray that even for deliverance, even in the message today, Lord, deliverance from all kinds of lies, from all kinds of things the enemy wants to, to sow. Yeah, Lord. I pray that there be a, a, a fresh reawakening of what it is you want to do. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, amen? Amen, amen. So who we are, who we are. Before I talk about who we are, 
collectively, as a team, as a ministry. I want to talk about who we are. We must understand who we are individually. So who am I as an individual? Who am I as a person? The first point I want to articulate tonight in that individual, who we are as an individual, is that we were created on purpose for purpose. We were created on purpose for purpose. Your life has purpose. Your life, everyone's life here has meaning, has value. You have a purpose. And you are on the Father's mind before the foundation of the world. You were on the Father's heart before time began. Let me go to, to Ephesians 1 4 for a second and, and, and read. This is a TPT, meaning the Passion Translation. And it, it reads this And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Y'all hear that? Do you, do you see what this scripture is actually saying? Do you hear what is going on? What it's saying is that even before he made the world, before he made the universe, before time existed, he knew you. He knew you. You were on his mind. It's crazy to think about. But you were on his heart. Check out what it says in Jeremiah 1.5. It says this, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Okay, so in this, I'm just going to break it down contextually. What we just read just now was... Jeremiah the prophet, he was the boss prophet, by the way, but he was the prophet and God was talking to him, directly to him, about him. And he was basically saying, hey, Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's room, your mother's womb. Not room, but womb. <laughs> before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you. Before you were born, I knew you and I set you apart. Contextualize that thing for a second, Clay. He's saying that because he did that with Jeremiah, he also can do that to you. He also can do that to everybody. He's saying, hey, I knew you. I knew you before you came in your mother's room. I mean, I'm playing. <laughs> playing around. But I knew you. I knew you before you was even conceived, son. Before your parents decided to, you know, get down with the get down. I knew you. It's being real. You think you are a mistake? You think you were an accident? You think you were just some happens chance where your mom and dad got together and, and, and let's get it on? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I knew you. And, and, and it gets better. Yeah, it gets better. You got, yes, scriptures upstairs. You can follow me. And I appointed you. I set you apart and I appointed you. 
You understand what I'm saying? I am saying, listen, I am a black preacher up here. If I'm saying something that hits, say something to me, okay? I'm not, I'm not down with the... I want to say something, but I'm not. Listen, I need some feedback sometimes, all right? Or else I'm going to think you guys just don't hear me, okay? I knew you, and I appointed you for such a time as this. <laughs> so, so, I love y'all, by the way. Um, so, so what I'm saying is this, is that he appointed each and every one of you for such a time as this. You could have been born any time in the ages, but he chose you for this particular time, for this particular year, for this particular epoch season. He chose you for such a time as this. Guys, we were created on purpose for purpose. So what's our purpose? Let's talk about that. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're getting there. We're getting there. Psalms 139.13. Psalms 139.13. This says, it says this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Again, God was with you. He knit you. He was there in your mother's womb. He understood everything about you. Not only did he make your inner parts, not, in, not only did he make your outer parts, but he made you your personality. Your feelings, your emotions, your temperament, your quirks. Some of y'all just weird. But he made you that way. But he made you that way. And that's okay. Because he didn't make mistakes. He made diversity. Some, some of y'all want to be like the next man. When you need to be you. And who God created you to be. Some people think that they got to, you know, just play the part and work the part and sound the part and be the part and walk as everybody else in the world. No, 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 no. You need to break free to be who God made you to be. Because God made a masterpiece. Whether you see it or not, he made a masterpiece. So he created your personality. He created, your, your, you know, your feelings and, and all that. Because that's just how he is. Why did God go through all that? Why did, why did God go through all that to, to create such a, a, a wonderfully, fearfully made masterpiece? Why did God go through all that? Why? I'll tell you why. Because point two. First point is that you were created on purpose, for purpose. The second point is that you, he created us. You were created. He created us to be sons and daughters. He created us because he wanted a family. He wanted to love you. A lot of people think that the number one reason of being in this life is to give glory to God. That's wrong. The number one reason, the number first thing that we must understand that God, why God created us is because he wanted you to be loved. And as a result of you being loved, you're going to turn around and give glory to God. We love because he first loved us. We cannot love unless he loved us. Some of you guys have problems with loving because you can't receive his love. Whew. Whoa. Okay, God. 
being real. Some of us probably can't love others because we can't receive his love and love ourselves. Love others as we love ourselves. Some of us do a poor job loving ourselves. And that's why we can't love others. And in order to love ourselves well, we've got to receive the love of God well. Oh, okay, that's good. He created us to be sons and daughters, and there are perks, there are benefits, there are, there are amazing, amazing things about being sons and daughters that I want to break down for a minute. The first thing I want to break down, the first perk I want to break down, okay, is that we are the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. Some of y'all are like, what is righteousness, Clay? That's such a churchy, dogmatic word. What's righteousness? I'm going to tell you what righteousness is. Remember this, okay? Write this down. Remember this thing. Righteousness means basically because of Jesus and what he did and what he done and what he will continue to do. We are made right. Not in our doing, not in doing our works, not in the way we think. We are made right in our being. We're made right in our being. There's nothing that you can do if you're in Christ. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can um, mess up and, 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 and go off in, in a ditch somewhere. There's nothing you can do that can disrupt the fact that you are the righteousness of God if you are in Christ. We are right in our being. That's important. A lot of people think that you're righteous by what you do. No, you're righteous in who you are. And when you understand who you are, if you're in Christ, then you understand how to roll as a righteous son or daughter of God. Let me read 2 Corinthians 5.21 because it's only getting better. Let's go. It reads this. Check it out. For our sake he made him sin, Jesus sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. So in case y'all thought I was tripping, take that to the bank. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He made Jesus sin who knew no sin so that we become the righteousness of God. Why? Because we're sons and daughters. And he wants us righteous. That means you're blameless. That means you're holy. That means you're blemishless. That means that everything about you is right. When he sees you, he sees his son. Oh, when he sees you, guys, I'm going to repeat that. I'll repeat that. Listen, when he sees you, he sees the same favor that he gave his son on you. The same attitudes he has for his son on you. The same, the same uh, feelings, the same affections, the same, the same th things that he would see with Jesus, he sees in you. Because we're the righteousness of God. Someone say, I'm the righteousness of God. Someone say, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm, we are righteous, guys. In Jesus, we are the righteousness of God all day, every day. So the first perk is that we are the righteousness of God. The second perk is that we are dead to sin and alive to God. Romans 6.11, let me read it. It says this, so you must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Guys, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for all sin once and for all. 
He died for all sin, one time for all, for all people. So check this out. I'm going to say something crazy. You're not a sinner no more. I know. A lot of people didn't say nothing because some cows were tipping over. Some ta- some ca- I understand. I understand. It's hard pill to swallow. I get it. Check it out. If we take Romans 6.11 to the bank, we've, we cannot partner with sin anymore and say we are a sinner. We are now a saint. There's a big difference. That means that we're a saint learning not to sin. Okay. If we associate with being a sinner, we're basically saying that the blood that Jesus, our Savior, shed on the cross of Calvary is not enough to take care of all our sin. And so when we are more sin conscious, we are not sun conscious. We've got to be more sun conscious than sin conscious, and then we can stop sinning. And I'm going to talk about how we can stay dead to sin. Who wants to know how you can stay dead to sin? Come back next week. Because I'm going to teach you how to stay dead to sin. There's a way we do that. But we are dead to the power of sin and alive to the power of God. If I say that I'm a sinner, I'm basically saying that Jesus' blood isn't enough. But if I say I'm a saint, learning how continually to conquer sin, it's more accurate right there. Because we've got to learn how to live dead to sin and alive to God. But that's a perk for sons and daughters. If you're not a son or a daughter of God, you're a sinner. I'm, 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 I'm being real. You can't, say you're not a, you, you can't say you're a saint because you're not. You're a sinner. But if you are in Christ, you're a son. That means you're a saint. If you're in Christ, you're a daughter. That means you're a saint. All right, I'm going to keep it moving. So that's the second perk. First perk is that we are the righteousness of God. The second perk is that we are dead to sin and alive to God. The third perk, and this is a really, really good one, is that we are royalty. Romans 8, 6, 8, 17, it says in the NIV, Now, if we are children of God, sons and daughters of the Most High God, that's what, that's what uh, uh, Paul is referring to. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Someone say heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Do y'all know what the term heir means? Well, dictionary.com defines it this way. Check it out. It says, this. It says a person who inherits or is entitled to inherit the rank, title, position of another. This is good. Co-heirs with Christ means that we've inherited the position, title, Rank of princes and princesses 
of kings and queens. Why? Who do you think Jesus is? Who do you think God the Father is? He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. We're inheriting royalty. Guys, there's royalty if you are a son and daughter of God flowing through your veins right now. There's royalty in your DNA right now. This is crazy. So wait a minute, Clay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that I don't have to chase after significance? Wait a minute, Clay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, man. You mean to tell me that I don't have to chase after a title, a position, rank? I don't have to jockey for a position in my life no more because I'm, I'm royalty? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That we are royal. T. <laughs> We're royal. Because of Jesus. You have royalty, guys. You have, you have the access to the heavens. Check it out in, in Ephesians 2.6. What it says. In, uh, check out what it says in Ephesians 2.6. NLT style. It says this. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united in Christ Jesus there it goes. That united, that union in Christ Jesus keeps coming back again, back again over and over. Why? Because Jesus is the reason why we're united in him. And as a result of being united in him, we get perks. We get fringe benefits. And the, again, we're righteousness of God. We're dead to the power of sin, alive to the power of God. And we are royalty, royalty. But check this out. Not only are we royalty, but we are seated. Someone say seated. We are seated in heavenly places because we're united with Christ. We are seated at the table, y'all. We're seated with the chair with your name on it. We're seated, meaning we belong. Meaning we belong. We have a seat. We don't have to jockey for a position. We have to jockey for a title. We don't have to keep, you know, the, 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 the rat chase you know what I'm saying? Trying to, trying, to, trying to figure out how to get significance in this life. Why? Because we're already seated in heavenly places as a son or daughter of God. That's so good. Guys, we, we're talking about your worth. We're talking about you being worthy enough because you belong. Guys, you are accepted, not rejected. You are worthy, not worthless. You are, are designed to be kings and queens and not orphans. I remember when I used to work with at-risk youth, um, there was a time where uh, kids would come into the door. There would be a revolving door. Kids would come in. I had like a group of 10 kids. And one kid would leave and one kid would come in. And, and every time a kid left and kid, another kid came in, there would be like a jockeying for a position. The kids will jockey for position for, for alpha male or, or jockey for the support of the alpha male to be number two or number three or number four or whatever, you know what I mean? There would be just jockeying for position. The girls did it too. I, I worked at a co-ed camp. Girls group did it too all the time. And there would be just this, this, just this uh, jockeying for position. And, and, and so the reason why this happened is because they operated in an orphan mentality. 
Every time someone succeeded at something or every time someone got a greater share of life or got a greater share of the pie, immediately people became jealous because their success of greater meant a smaller piece of the pie for them in their minds. It would be like a crab in a bucket syndrome. Like if that crab is going up, no, no, where are you going? Where are you going? No, you're coming right back down. No, 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 you're coming right back down. If I can't succeed, nobody can succeed. No, that was the mentality. That's such an orphan mentality. And so in my group, people, the kids would start resorting to stealing things, stealing the resources that they needed to succeed, or stealing food so that they can actually have a greater share than everybody else because they knew that, you know, everybody else would take their, their, a, a bigger portion so they'd steal food, or they steal, again, resources, or they get in fights, they, get, they start fits, they start problems, for, you know, just because, again, they were jealous about what other people were doing or weren't doing. You see, an orphan mentality operates out of a place of lack. Everyone's success is a threat. But the royalty mentality, the royalty mentality operates out of a place of abundance. And you really don't have to worry about whether or not everybody else is succeeding because you know you're good. Actually, their wins are your wins. Yet what they they succeed at is actually going to help you succeed even more. That's the royalty mentality. You already have access to a wealth of resources that will never run dry because you are part of the kingdom. You are a part of a a new creation, a new royal order. So as royal sons and daughters, you never have to worry about what someone else does or doesn't do because you already know that you are Royalty. Someone says, someone say, I am royalty. The question I have for you is, are we acting like kings and queens or are we acting like orphans? Can I have Ben come up and play real quick because I'm about to try to land this plane here. So I want to real quick recap the points in terms of individual, who we are as an individual. One, we are created on purpose for purpose. And that too, we are sons and daughters of the living God. And the perks and fringe benefits is that one, we're the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. That's what we should be saying every day. I'm the righteousness of God. We should be waking up, looking in the mirror, saying, I'm the righteousness of God. Declaring that truth over our life. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. And then you continue to keep declaring that truth, then the lie would continue to fade and fade and fade and fade. Because some of y'all are bound by the lies. Some of us are bound by the lies that want to eat our lunch and keep us bound when we should be focused on the truth that sets our butts and keeps our butts free. So we should be declaring, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. And watch the behaviors. Watch everything else start to align. The second fringe benefit is that I'm dead to sin. That's another thing you can say in the mirror. I'm dead to the power of sin. I'm dead to sin and alive to God. I'm dead to sin and alive to God. That means that every time the lie comes, I'm going to submit to the Father in heaven and say, hey, remind me of who you say I am. 
Remind me of who you say I am, Lord, because I I am confused right now. I am going through it right now. I am not feeling good right now. So I need to go back to the truth that set my butt free. Remind me who you said I am again. Oh, okay, I'm the righteousness of God. And I'm dead to the power of sin and I'm alive to God. The third friend's benefit is that what? What I just say, we're royalty. We're royalty. That means that I can act like a king and queen everywhere I go. I keep my head up. I'm not cocky. I just know that God got me. A lot of people in the world was going to mistake that for confidence and, and, and cockiness. Tell them you just got a confidence. You just can walk with your head up. And people want to try to kind of hate on you, hate on you, hate on you. And want to go ahead and say who you think you are. You just tell them I'm the righteousness of God. Thank you very much. They will be mad. They will hate. That's fine. That's the world. The world did it to Jesus and they will do it to you. And if you're scared of the persecution, you're scared of a little bit of the friction, you're scared of a little bit, ah, I don't want to do this again, then you need to really rethink whether you love Jesus or not. Because it's all about Jesus at the end of the day, like my homegirl Allie said. And if we don't know, if we're not ready, willing to, really willing to look foolish for the King of Kings, then we need to check our heart and whether or not we're really truly in this thing for the right reasons. Because Christianity is not about trying to make yourself look good. Christianity is about you dying to yourself so you can let Christ look good through you, through us. And so that's the fringe benefits right there. And I'm, I'm going I'm to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going. But th- this should compel us, Lord. This, man, this should compel us to press in as a community, press in as a body of saints, press in as a church, y'all. Because when we truly get this, when we truly have this come in and hit us in our heart, in the real, in the for real, then we will want to storm the gates of hell. Why? Because that's what Jesus said that we will want to do. It said this in Matthew 8, 16, 18. I don't have a slide. Just follow with me. Listen to me. Or you can earmark it or, or a bookmark it in your phone. It says this, Mark, Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, on this truth, on this revelation of the truth that set your butt free, Peter. Listen. On this rock, I will build my church. On the fact that I am King of kings and Lord of lords, I will build my church. And guess what? The gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. What's he saying? He's giving us a biblical permission to storm the gates of hell. Before we do that, we must understand who we are. Because if we don't understand who we are, we will get pummeled each and every time. Do not go storming the gates of hell if you don't know who you are. But if you know who you are, you can storm the gates of hell. Why? Because we're going to do this together. We're doing this together. We're doing this as a church. As a church. As one body of Christ. And that's who we are collectively. We are an army of sons and daughters trying to advance a holy kingdom divine agenda and storm the gates of hell to make his name famous and guess what I'm not talking about a spiritual hell where it's brimstone and fire I'm not talking about that there's probably pictures already of people saying the gates of fire no 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 I'm talking about the gates of hell listen the prince of the power of the world runs things here even in this campus 
We're called as light and salt to shine and preserve, to shine bright what God has called us to shine on campus, in your communities, in your neighborhoods, in your classrooms. I'm talking about being the church, y'all, and going after it, storming the gates of hell in the cafeterias. There are people in bondage. I was just at the involvement fair this morning, and I'm looking around, and I'm looking, I'm like, God, these guys, they're just, they don't know who they are. They're in bondage. The love is overwhelming me that you have for them. I just want to talk to them. I just want to talk about what, what God has done in my life. I want to invite them to a life. I want to invite them to church. I want to invite them to live a life worth living because they are not alive. But we know one thing, that people here, we are going to work to awaken, to stir up, to, to help encourage, embolden you to shine brighter than ever before. That's what we do here at Alive. Because you are alive for such a time as this. And some of us need to wake up. Wake up. Wake up, sleepy hearts. Wake up and know that you are alive for such a time as this. And that's what you will get here. You will get equipping. You will get inspiration. You will get encounter. You will encounter a real God who loves you and wants to empower you to, and embolden you to go into the world and be a light. That's what you're going to get here at Alive. That's who we are. We are calling you all up to be alive for such a time as this. He didn't make no mistake. You are not here by happens chance. You are not here because Clay invited you. You are not here because a leader invited you. You are here because you are supposed to be here. You are here because God called you here. Yeah, he works through us, but he's calling you to be alive for such a time as this. Another thing we're going to do here is we're going to equip you to do the stuff. We're going to equip you to reach out to a dying world. When I was in the world, wilding, someone sees a discord, man, and um, I was doing all kinds of the stuff the enemy wanted me to do. The enemy let me do his stuff. Did the drugs with the girls, with the parties. He let me do his stuff, and I was wild, and I was going after it. I came to the church. I'm reading what Jesus is doing. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. When am I going to be able to do the stuff? They're like, no, 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 God don't do that right now. God don't do that these days. I'm like, what? And then I came to the vineyard. And then they taught me how to do the stuff, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to deliver people, to, to walk in freedom instead of in bondage. How do I do the stuff? I just go out and love Jesus and love like Jesus and can be compelled to, to touch a dying world. Reach out to a dying world. Be the arms, the feet, the mouthpiece, the armpit. I'm playing around the armpit.
I, I know that some of you are like, what the heck is going on? Why did I even come here? Here's the deal. If this, if this gets you a little nervous, which... Yeah, if this gets you a little nervous, which is natural for a lot of, a lot of reasons, it's probably because the enemy's whispering in your ear. Like, no, that's not true. Or, no, that's not, that's not this, that's not that. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you're not supposed to live that recklessly wild for God. He wants to hold you back. The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. But God said, I gave life and want to have you make, make sure that you are alive to the full. I want to give you life and make sure that you are alive to the full. And here in this, in, in this ministry, I want to make sure that everyone here is alive to the full, never to the lack. But we are alive, alive for such a time as this because we have a purpose and a mission that he's put on each and every one of your hearts. Can I get uh, the ministry team real quick to to stand uh, over by the, the steps. I uh, feel like that there's somebody right now in, in, the, in, this, in this room who wants to... Uh, You've never given your life to Christ before. You've never said yes, and you never went all in for God before. And if that is you, if you want, you're saying, you know what, my heart is, my heart is saying yes. My heart is leaping out of his chest. I want to go all in for this king. I want this thing. If that is you in this place today, and I know that we got everybody who's looking right now. I'm not the type of guy to say, everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm just saying, listen, if you want to go all in, then you're going to go all in in front of everybody publicly. Because if you ain't going to be able, if you're not courageous enough to do it right here, you're not going to do it for the world or in the world. So if that's you tonight, tonight, and you want to go all in for God, I want you to stand up right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Any, anybody else? Listen, I don't got much time to be waiting around. If it's you, I, don't be playing no games. Let's make it happen. Let's go. Anybody else? I feel like there's one more person. Jesus loves you anyway. He's just giving you an opportunity right now. Okay, here's the deal. Father in heaven, I just right now, I just pray that you overwhelm them right now with your love right now. Overwhelm them with your love right now. Father, do what only you can do in these two. These women of God, Lord God, I thank you, Father, for who you've called.
called them to be and how they are answering the call. I pray, Father God, that they can, I, I right now pray a, a Romans 10, 9 over them, that if they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, they confess that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ was raised by the Father from the dead, then it's game over. They are a new creation. The old is passing away. Behold, real talk. Listen, the new is here. And I just right now pray that the new come and invade their whole entire mainframe, Lord, as they give you all the junk, give you all the sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, why don't y'all go to the side and pray for somebody? Um, go, mom, um, I want you to go pray for Mariah, with Mariah over there. Yeah, I want you to go pray. Yes. Now, the next ministry call. There's, um, there are people here right now who want to step into a new season of their identity. You're sensing that you've been hitting a wall or a lid or a ceiling, ceiling. You know, you've been hitting a ceiling on your identity. You want to kind of like get through that. There's been like walls and barriers preventing you to make progress when it comes to walking in your true identity in Christ. And you just want a fresh revelation of your identity and who you are. If that's you, I want you to stand up. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Put your hands out for me. Lord. Lord, I pray that you bless them with a mighty deposit of an identity. An identity that will break through and break free of any of the enemy's lies, schemes, briars, pitfalls, snares, in every way. Yeah. So, Lord, do it, Lord. Angels, I, be, I believe the angels in heaven are right now just ministering to each and every one of you. Father, speak to them what was on your heart when you created them. Speak the truth that sets them free. I'm seeing depression leave right now. I'm seeing the chains and bondage loosen right now. Yeah. I feel like somebody right now is witnessing or even experiencing God move in them for the first time, and it's crazy. That's God. So, Lord, amplify it. Amplify it, Lord. Double it, Lord. Whatever you're doing with them, in them, through them. Sons and daughters, the righteousness of God royalty. I am dead to sin and alive to God. I am dead to sin and alive to God. I'm the righteousness of him. In Jesus name.
Okay, last call. The last call. You guys keep standing. You guys that are standing and engaging, keep engaging him. You guys do not have to sit down. You guys do not have to change your disposition. You guys do not have to do any of that unless you want to. The next thing I want to call out is if you feel compelled to step into a realm of leadership here with Alive, if you feel compelled, like I think I want to step into to see what it's about to be a leader here with a lot. I want to join this thing. I want to actually press into a leadership call of God on my life and in my heart. If that's you, stand up. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a blessing of leadership on you, and then I want you to go find somebody off to the side to pray with personally, okay? But right now, I'm going to give a corporate prayer, and I'm going to put your hands out. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you just a deposit of what I have, a deposit of leadership, a deposit of boldness to press into the call, to press into the more that God has for you. So Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come like a mighty wind. Lord, compel, may there be, may they be compelled to step out in love in ways that they never thought was imaginable, Lord. Break their heart for what breaks yours, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that you continue to do to them what you did in me years ago, Lord God, and just birth in them and sow in them leadership, leadership, and the ability to step out to step out fearlessly, to step out boldly and go where you are calling them to go. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, amen, amen. Now, I want you all that's standing up, don't sit down. I want you guys now to go find somebody to pray with right now. I want you to go right now to find someone to pray with, to feel, feel led to go personally get prayer from somebody right now so they can bless what is going on and going down with you. Okay? Now, leaders, if you see someone standing up and you need, you need to, get, uh, to get somebody prayer or whatever, go find them. That's okay. Everybody stand up for me now. Father, I pray. that there was a mighty deposit of identity, Lord, that there's fruit of identity that remain in every man, woman, young man, young woman here today. Pray, Father, that you do what only you can do as we allow you to. I pray for open hearts and open minds. I pray that we can hear and see you ever more clearly until the noonday sun. And as a result of seeing you, Papa God, so clearly, hearing you so clearly, pressing into your truth so clearly, I pray that as a result, we grow in our identity to know that we are the righteousness of God, to know that we are dead to sin and alive to God, and to know that we are royalty. We are royalty of God and what that means in every way on our lives. In Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. 
thank you for coming out. Go get prayer if you need prayer. If you want to come up for prayer, come up for prayer. Otherwise, I hope to see you all next week. Actually, no, this Sunday, right? This Sunday, let's go. Let's go. And then Thursday, holla. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.